Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Let's do it live on a Monday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. I am merely Bo. He is the great Z. You are you are fresh off of like 97 hours of broadcasting. Yeah, and we still got more to come, baby. More to Browns come, baby. Daily, Let's and then go. the uh, Cleveland Browns draft review show tonight at seven o'clock. All holy cow! The University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. No big deal. Just churning it, brother. Just absolutely churning it. Um, so it's in the books. It's done. Done. That's a wrap. That's, That's your draft. Yep. Um, the last time you and I did a show was after the first round uh, was complete, heading into <laughs> Friday night. Yeah. And <laughs> well, it's been a while. We had pick um, 44 at that time. We had pick 44 at that time. We were going over uh, receivers and defensive ends, and we were going all over uh, all of these things that we thought felt like they were certainties. I will say that while we spent a lot of time on that, we also said more likely than not a move back made sense mm-hmm. that you would go back and sure enough you did now i can honestly tell you this and the first time that this has happened since you and i have been doing uh cleveland browns daily together and especially in lead up to the draft i do not recall ever reading or saying the name martin emerson jr on this show no <laughs> that has never happened no so he was our first pick in the third round i was thinking about that when you I and can... i were texting on friday and I was thinking after, after, and you were on the air till midnight or whatever, and I yeah. was long in bed by that point. But I was thinking, you know, we, with the draft, since you and I have been doing this, because we have a lot of intel. Like, we're at the Combine. We sure. are in the building. Like, we talk to a lot of pe- people. We have get, we have draft guests on consistently for months leading up to it. Inevitably, we have, in every one of these shows leading up to this, circled the wagons on a handful of guys who we have talked about. Sometimes we've nailed it exactly. Sometimes Andrew Barry would hit our wish list and Dorse before that would hit our wish list exactly what we wanted. And this is the first time that I can recall. And by the way, some of these other guys we did mention. Sure. But not him. Not him at all. No, you brought, we've talked Bell. We've talked Perry and Winfrey. Yeah. We talked Cade York. We did. It, it almost felt like Cade York was a certainty to get drafted by the Browns. And then when it, it actually happened, you're like, oh, wow, that yeah. one actually came through. But those are not at the beginning. In fact, no. Martin Emerson and Alex Wright is a name that we had not mentioned. Never said him either. Because it felt more likely as you looked at the way that the draft was going to unfold. And we talked about this on Friday that it was going to be hard at 44 for the Browns to get the receiver they wanted. So we were focused on the edge rushers that would be available on at 44 primarily, mm-hmm. primarily. Now it turns out the Browns, I think there, there was a receiver that they would have taken right there at 44. I th- believe he went a lot earlier in the second yeah. round, Mr. Watson to green Bay. Yeah. And so once that happened, I think there may have been some other players that one would have been familiar or that would have been even a surprise to Browns fans that they would have stayed for at 44. They were all off the board. So they moved back, and they moved back all the way to 68, and that's where they get Martin Emerson. And, and you're going to end up ultimately, right, with Martin Emerson, Perry and Winfrey, and Katie York. That's your haul from, for, for what pick 44 was. And the draft is such an inexact science. Three people. By the way, numerous, numerous mocks had the Browns taking Perry and Winfrey at 44. They yeah. had him taking him at 77. Like a lot of, there was a lot of link between the Browns and Perry and Winfrey. Now we had said all along, I don't think seeing them taking a defensive tackle 
at 44. Turns out they didn't, but they got him at 108. But yeah, Martin Emerson was an absolute surprise. He was somebody that they in this building are very excited about. Long, he was not targeted much in the SEC because he had people covered. Uh, He was a guy that had the highest coverage grade, according to Pro Football Focus, in the SEC. His last year, the year before that, I think he was second in the SEC. So this is a guy that can play cover three, press man, cover four, fits our scheme. I know that people are talking about moving him inside. He's an outside guy now with the trade of Troy Hill, which came later. Maybe you know you're you're going to try to cross train some people because we we don't have a true quote unquote nickel right now on the roster. But this guy was drafted to be outside and to be they think he's going to be very good. Yeah, I mean you do have, I mean Denzel can go anywhere, so you yes. could do that. He's if never you, if you done want it really, right? But he, I mean, of course he could certainly more than and I Greg can feel do like it. he'd be more than capable. And Greg would be more than capable. Yeah, I was talking to Mike Renner of PFF this morning about Emerson, and he said that um, look like it, he probably. In terms of his skill, that defense wasn't the best for him, that they didn't take advantage of his skill. And this is an example of Andrew Barry playing a little bit of chess because as the pick comes in, then you find out about the Troy Hill trade, and then you start to do the math on just contractually where you're going to be in the secondary in the next couple of years, and then you say, okay, well, this makes some sense. But it just wasn't anything we discussed in leading into pick 44. No, and, and in fact, I thought, and even I think a lot of people internally thought that you would get a corner or a safety later in the draft, but not there. And it turned out that this was a guy that they really liked, MJ, and he goes by MJ, MJ Emerson, uh, out of Mississippi State. So that did surprise me. I know that. I know it surprised you. It surprised both of us. But they're excited, actually. We just talked with uh, Joe Woods down in the uh, in the cafe earlier today, the Browns defensive coordinator, and he was thrilled. that they, I, I walked in and said, you got the first pick, but I think we all thought it was going to be a defensive end going yeah. to the other side of the ball. And he said, ah, we'll take, we got our guy. And that's what you find out, what you've come to find out is the guy they wanted, I'm sure there were defensive ends they would have taken at 44, but mm-hmm. it was unlikely they would be there. They were not there, same as I said, the receiver there. So I think ultimately when we looked back at it, when we, we ranked it, I think we said edge, trade back, wide receiver were the three most likely, and it ended up being trade back because I just didn't think the receiver that they wanted would be there, and he was not. And I don't think that the edges they would have wanted to be there were there, clearly. And a lot of people wanted Ajabo. And, and listen, the Browns very much like David Ajabo. They didn't like him at 44. They didn't like a red. They turned basically a guy who wouldn't play football this year into three eyes. Yeah. And so I think that was their thought process. If we, if it was later on, if he was there, sure. If, if he was at 68, could he have been a consideration? I think probably pretty likely. Yeah. But at that point, no. And so you get a corner and, and uh, coach used it. Jeff Howard had told me this. And, and, and then uh, coach Tavansky used in his presser, you know, my, an old Mike Zimmer quote, how many corners you need? One more. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and so they went out and they, and they get MJ Emerson, now, the trade of Troy Hill, again, changes some things a little bit because now you don't have that true slot. You're going to have competition on the outside. I think Emerson and A.J. Green are going to compete with Greedy Williams to be outside right now in nickel situations with Greg Newsom going inside. And in your two-corner situations, it's going to be Newsom and Denzel Ward, just as it was last year. But yeah. I don't think the Browns are done. Um, I think that there will be you know, a veteran perhaps brought in at – in the nickel, just a pure nickel guy that'll be brought in at some point before this season. Well, and you're the business of the NFL picking up today. We have Honey Badger, and and so you're there starting to see and signings, no cuts doubt. and signings over the course of this week, and it does feel like that there is boy, there's one Mike Davis released by the. I, I yep. thought for sure that guy would be a fantasy beast. Yeah, and then it became Atlanta. Cordero Patterson, which yeah, was one of the biggest Patterson. shocks of of all of fantasy yeah. football. Uh, so it does feel like there's like one more big week happening going to happen right now. 
and then it could settle again and then resurface once we get out of mandatories. I think you're exactly right about that. I think that's right. the way that it'll go. You'll have some people who wait to sign so they can only have to come in for training camp. Mm -hmm. But you're, I think there will be a wave right now. Teams are set. They're going to be veterans that are cut and released. Dollar cap freed up. There'll be veterans that are signed to be brought in for teams that weren't able to fill all their holes uh, in the draft. One thing that I think is really cool about this organization, and, and we heard, you know, we talked with Paul DePodesta about this and, and consensus building and all of that. There was such a consensus around Alex Wright. And, you know, when I hear the name Alex Wright, I initially I think of old school WCW, the guy dancing with Disco Inferno yeah. out there. But <laughs> this kid, they wanted him. He was a target all along, all along. Pick 78, they had Alex Wright's name penned in there. That's who they wanted. They were worried he was going to go before that. They were quite concerned, actually. But then they started to feel pretty good about it as the way that the draft unfolded. And then they went out and they got Alex Wright. This guy in high school was a wide receiver and a little bit of a defensive end, but was a wide receiver. He's a basketball. He's a double-double guy in basketball. He's kind of a power forward. Yeah. He got offers to go to college as a tight end. Now, we ended up going to UAB where they play great defense down there, ends up becoming a defensive end. He's grown from – he enrolled in college at 210 pounds. He now weighs 270 pounds. But he was a receiver, so he's a very athletic, agile, long, huge wingspan, I think over 83 inches guy that they think can develop into the big end opposite miles. They think he's got pass rush ability inside as well as outside. They were thrilled about him and a great guy. So that was one that they had penned in a long time. And then I don't know if you've got a chance to watch uh, the video of Kevin Stefanski talking with David Bell when he was picked. No, I have not. I did not get. Okay. I did not see that this weekend. So it's pretty cool, and all of those are out. You can get them on the Browns YouTube channel or on the Browns app. Of when AB calls these guys, and then they talk to coach, and you know Kevin Stefanski. Yes, I do. Muted, I would say, in terms of heaping praise, or he's just a very like even guy. Oh yeah. So yeah. Paul D. Podesta, even Stephen. Paul D. Podesta told us on the night of the draft on the uh, Cleveland Browns draft show that was going on that night, around midnight on Friday, we got Depot in here. And after we had picked David Bell, which was, you know, our last pick of the three that day. And he said, you know, starting in the second round, Kevin Stefanski just started texting me, David Bell. <laughs> David Bell. So and I knew that. So I had that context when I watched the video. And in the video, David Bell says to Kevin Stefanski, thank you for believing in me. Mm -hmm. And coach's response was, oh, I believe in you. Which to <laughs> me is as much... Yeah, praise or positive energy you're going to get out of that guy and said to me he was very much on board and when we got a chance to talk with him uh, after I think it was maybe on Saturday he is very excited about what David Bell brings to this organization and you astutely pointed out and I was parroting it and giving you full credit of course like naturally yeah, we would never you. steal each other's stuff that would no never absurd. who would ever do such a thing no so yeah, juvenile cruds That's the um but yeah he, he dominated the best competition yeah that was it. We I can't remember if that was Wednesday or Thursday last week when we we were talking about Bell. And you know, that's a league I pay a lot of attention to obviously. And yeah. so he was somebody who stood out. Um and it was interesting because I was I was home from my obligations on Friday as that pick was coming in and as we were as we were ready to pick um with David Bell at 99 in the third round and I I was waiting for that pick. Um, because that was our last one in third, and then I could go to bed. No, we'll see it. That, yep. that was past 11 o'clock. That's past my bedtime. So I'm waiting for us at 99, and I see my buddy Brian Hartline tweet out what he tweeted. Yeah. I and I knew 
we were coming, and I was thinking of all the other receivers that were in the mix. It's him or Shakur, but Shakur ended up going much later. Much later, much later. And I'm not as familiar with Shakur. I mean, I never heard I, of him until we had Waldman on on Friday. That wasn't anybody I discussed. But I knew David Bell. I, I knew what he was quite well. and what, he's, what he was capable of. And it just felt like, without the knowledge of, of Coach wanting him, it felt like a perfect fit for what we want. I mean, just uses his body well, tremendous hands, uh, late separation, great route runner, big on big stage, big when the opponent is good. I look at those things, and I look at people who light up. Who, If you light up Ohio State, Iowa, Michigan State, Michigan, Notre Dame. Light them up. Light them up. A couple of 200-yard right. games yeah, there. Yeah, two 200-yard games there. He had one against Iowa. I had the best defense in the Big Ten last year. He had, I think, 240 yards against Iowa. Yeah, on 11 catches. Um, yeah, good job out of you. And so that's that's the type of thing you start to notice. So I was thrilled when 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 Bell's name was was popped. That yeah. that that was that was pretty good. And while Waldman didn't mention him to us, Waldman's comp for him is a DeAndre Hopkins in terms of just being an incredible route runner in the intermediate game. Yeah. Now the Browns feel he can play outside or inside and as we've talked about ad nauseum on this show, the Browns are going to become much more of an 11 personnel team now that Deshaun Watson is here and we are a team that absolutely can throw the ball when you know we're going to throw it. And, oh, by the way, tried good luck dealing with our running game when you're light in the box, which they yeah. are going to be. Um, but they think Bell can come in and play inside and give you, you know, uh, the, another comp I've seen for Bell is Jarvis Landry. Yeah. And, and, you know, just tremendous at using his body, separating. He's quicker than rather than fast, per mm -hmm. se. People are worried about that time, but his 10-yard splits are actually very good. So he's a guy that I think is going to be able to make a lot of plays for this team, and, and he catches everything. Catches everything. And that's the kind of guy that becomes – a quarterback's best friend, and I think he has an opportunity to be very productive in this offense. And again, those first three picks, while again, and that goes to show you with Emerson, what a vault this place is. Alex Wright, what a vault this place is. You never heard anything Nothing. about the Browns in either one of those guys, and those were the top two picks in this draft. David Bell, a nice pick, and then Perion Winfrey. I mean, pure joy. I mean, the most electric post-draft press conference I've ever heard in my life. And then he came on with us. And it was just, I was having a blast. We had a great time. I mean, so we saw Mike, uh, the Miz, give out the do the pick on Friday, yes. and I just thought, like, if Winfrey, if it ever does, whenever this is over, if he ever so should choose tomorrow, no doubt. I mean, that go. was there was some Clubber Lang in there. It was everything you want. There was some Harlem Heat for those of That's fans right. of the old WCW right. tag team of Booker T and Stevie Ray. I mean, it had it all, hundred percent concentrate, yeah. no pulp. I mean, I didn't even need coffee. Uh, just all, everything about it. We're coming here. I'm coming to hunt. Like, yeah, oh, we're going to come here to kill people. It's over. Yeah, it's like, awesome. It's it great. was great. And, and he was linked. You know, like he was linked here. York certainly was linked here. Uh, Bell, we didn't. You know, we, we brought him up. I think for the first time last week, as we were just trying to look at, through at that receivers. Route, yeah. You know, um, but other than that, uh, but but he was and York was. But other than that, to your point. And it does speak to how much of a of a uh, an iron lock there is on the ideas in this building that if that it just doesn't get out, it's mm -hmm. just a really really tight close knit group, and you there's nothing getting out of it. No, and and they are very comfortable with their process, the way that they set up their board, and like I said, there was a lot of excitement. And typically, you don't think right day three. Okay, we're hoping to find some pieces here. You know, get some guys with some traits that maybe can help us. Well. You got Dane Brugler's number 53-ranked player in the draft at 108 in Perry and Winfrey, and then to get Cade York, and I can tell you there was 
a lot of excitement around this studio after those two picks that started off day four. And I knew kind of day like coming in here, I thought it was basically a lock. Perry and Winfrey was going to be a Brown at that point because the two teams in front of us had already addressed it or Tampa had already addressed it earlier in the draft and it wasn't a need an interior defensive lineman. And it just felt like, yeah, that is going to be a lock for us. And you get him and then you get, you get Cade York and, and, some may speculate and wonder, well, why'd you take him in the fourth round? Were you, were you worried he wasn't going to be there in the fifth round? Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we took him right. where we did. Because I we, don't know. Did you watch <laughs> Evan McPherson this year? Right. Can I interest you in that? And I don't want to put that on the kid. Who knows? But like, no, but that's what happens when you have that. I mean, when you're this good, that's critical. Yes. It's critical anyway. But when you're this good, do not have to worry about it. It's the difference. It's the difference between the Bengals winning the Super Bowl or not. This is now right. It is a massive thing for a team that is that invested in the outcomes this year. You've got to be good there. You've got Tucker in this division. You've got McPherson in this division. And Boswell is no slouch himself. A no. very reliable veteran who's been in the league for a long time because he is productive. You can't have games come down to, oh, we missed this field goal that killed our room. Oh, we scored on the opening possession. We missed the extra point. Yep. Oh, that stinks. Not anymore. Cade York has been brought here to end that. Will he be able to do that? That's what we will find out, the young man out of LSU. But it, he was the top kicker on basically everybody's boards. You know, somebody told Mike Prefer, who he's known for 30 years, that if I could have one kicker, I want Cade York. And so now he's a Cleveland Brown. But what's great about where we are as a team is that Martin MJ Emerson, that's a succession planning pick. Now, he will have every opportunity to earn his way onto the field this year. But the reality is you're looking at, okay, can we've had, you know, we knew Troy Hill was going to be on the last year here with the Browns going to, he was going to be 31, 32 in the 2023 season. Greedy's in the last year of his rookie deal. And if Greedy has a great year, you just can't pay everybody when no, you have a good uh, roster. And no. so now you've got a tall, long, fast corner who is going to be able to come in and succeed if it needs to be done on the outside or compete for playing time. Alex Wright is a guy that you're looking at in 2023, I think being an opening day starter for you, but he's going to get the chance to continue to grow, get with our training staff, develop his skills in that room, you know, with Miles Garrett. Uh, David Bell, I think, is likely to come in and play right away and start right away. I really do. I think that's the, yep. the, the idea for him and that he will come in and start on the inside day one. Winfrey's going to get every opportunity to compete right away to play right away because you've got and, – and he's a guy, I'll tell you what, he's not going into a room with a super established veteran. No. Who's going to be – not annoyed isn't the right word, but it's going to be like, all right, come on, rookie. Let's – yeah, we're going at 60% or we're – let's – you know, he's going to come in here. He's going to work. And he said, you know, what clicked for him at the Senior Bowl was I just went bonkers the entire time, all out, all the time. He's super Senior Bowl MVP. And so he said, that's what I'm going to do. But, you know, Jordan Elliott's going into his third year, former third-round pick. He's got a lot to prove. Yep. Tommy Togiai's going into his second year as a fourth-round pick a year. He's got a lot to prove. Sheldon Day's a veteran who's never been able to find that permanent home, but love him. But he's a guy who always feels like he has something to prove. And then Taven Bryan is a, you know, a first round pick that didn't work out. So he's got a lot to prove. So I think that room, there's a lot of opportunity, but they're also going to be guys that are hungry. And I think his attitude is going to be well received in that room. Whereas in a different situation, you could see where, eh, let's just kind of, let's just tone it down a little bit. But after those guys, what's cool about this roster is, they liked Jerome Ford, very productive at Cincinnati. Yeah, he was. Incredibly really was. productive yeah. last year. But Jerome Ford and Michael Woods and Isaiah Thomas and Dawson Deaton, they're fighting to make this roster. They're trying to like, make a roster, brother. Whereas in the past, 
these guys are fighting to start on yeah. these teams, and that's where we've come in five years. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah, it really is. Were you um, – so as soon as we picked York, I remembered his kick against Florida. 57 in the fog. In the fog. Yeah. Sure. As soon as that I, – I rem- that that was a couple years ago. Yeah. Right. Yeah, probably two years ago. I think it wasn't was, last year. I think it was 20. And it wasn't in the national championship year. It would have been – 20. 20. Yeah. yeah. And he had a 57-yarder in the fog to beat him. And Florida was to beat him. sixth at the time. I want to yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was a. It's a bit. It was kind of a season-saving win for LSU. Everything had gone wrong after winning the national title uh, in 19. Everything was going wrong, and they were down in the swamp playing in the fog. And he had a 57-yarder to win it, um, and and knock off a Kyle Trask-led Florida team. So that was. Um, that's a clutch kick, man. Like you think about He's the stage that that kid right, has exactly. kicked on. You think of the kicks he had to make as they made the run to the national title in 19. You think about kicking in front of 105,000, 110,000 consistently that he had to do at LSU. That's this. This will be. This is different because, and hopefully, you know, you get in touch with Phil Dawson and you have a little chat about how to kick at the at the barn because that's required. You know, because it's different. Um, but I think his natural leg talent is something we haven't had in a very long time. I think you're exactly right. 15 kicks of 50 yards he made yeah. in his career See. there at LSU. And so, yeah, he can handle it. And he, he said, uh, actually, that Mike Prefer is going to connect him with Phil Dawson. See, and, there you go. You know, it's, it's a nice thing. And at some point, you hope to get to the point where we don't have to keep bringing that up. Because that means we've got the a only, kicker of consequence. But, and you're right. And the only way to do that is to make them. To make them. Otherwise, it's, that's the way that it goes. Uh, but it, it, was, it was a very interesting weekend. It was an interesting weekend around the league. Um, by the way, today begins phase two of the offseason workout, Z. So what does that mean for the people? That means that they are allowed to get out there and, you know, no helmets, nothing like that, but get out there and, and throw, you know, routes on air, do some some seven-on-seven seven stuff on air, not against opponents, anything like that. But, yeah, just to go out there and, and put some offense and even some team, full offensive team on air, no helmets, as I said, but just kind of get some work in. It's awesome. It, it is awesome. Getting closer it's, to that mandatory mini camp at the uh, at the end of the month. So you have that to look forward to as we all do as we are now into May. Hard to believe. Be sure to catch the Browns draft review show presented by Bud Light tonight, 7 to 8 on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns radio network. Coach Jim Donovan will join Ken and Z tonight for that. Uh, who are we most excited about in this draft? Some other winners and losers around the division. You'll hear from the Brain Trust here with AB, Depot, and Stefanski. That's coming up. Winners and losers around the league. Uh, we will play that uh, that interview for uh, for you guys if you missed it over the weekend of Perry and Winfrey. Unbelievable. It is straight gold. We'll check in on how everybody else in the division is. Unfortunately, also really good, especially for the yes! other two teams. That are uh, that are going to be, I think, at the top of this division. But we're off and running here on a Monday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily, eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. OBM, Ohio Business Machine, preferred copy of provider, your Cleveland Browns. Of all the X's and O's for your office, call 216-485-2000 or visit ohiobusinessmachines.com. Gibby, is there any way that – Gibby, hey, Gibby, is there – hey, buddy, is there any way you could just turn, like, my inner echo thing up a little? 
Is that over there, or am I doing that over here? That is you, number two. Number two. How's that? Now we're there. Now you got it. There it is. So I turned you down because someone else had that this weekend, and I didn't want you to go deaf when I connected. That's why I love you. Loud volume, no armrests. No, no armrests and no. loud volume. That's what he likes. Young yep. for no, for loud volume, too. Young. I had that conversation with my wife. We were at dinner last night with the boys, and uh, Peyton, our oldest black cobra, was asking me a question. I kept saying, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm, I can't hear you. And I said, it occurs to me that I have had earbuds in my ear for 20 years, TV yes. and radio. Probably not going to end well. No, I feel like how could it? That's why I like to. Oftentimes, I like to go like if you notice, one I do. That, I like to go one. Yeah, sometimes I'll do yeah. like a one ski. Yeah, let it breathe. Let it breathe a little bit because yeah, you feel like it's yeah, you lot. become dependent on it. Right. Yeah, it is a lot. The it amplification is, is required. By the way, may I just say to you, sure, anything you like, that this quarter zip Lulu cobalt blue, or maybe it's a gray blue. I don't even know what color I would call it. Hoodie thing that you have on is spectacular. You like that? You like I, that? All right. I do like it. Why, thank you. Yeah. I like it quite a bit. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go in search of that. Yeah. Shortly. Oh, it's a Peter Millar. Yeah. Oh, I thought that's Lulu's logo on the. Oh, I could see. Now I see it's the crown. A yeah, Peter it's Millar. A crown, All right. So, I'll, yeah, go, yeah. I'll have to go search that yeah, out. I, yeah. This, it kind of felt like kind of what I need. For, and I also want to just wear it golfing so somebody can say, you can't wear a hoodie. And then you're like, no, it's Peter Actually, Millar. I can. It's fine. Same with my foot choice. It's going to be the same. Yeah, exactly. It's all going to work out. So before we get into all these fun things, I do have to say, please uh, tell you one thing that happened to me yesterday, and I want to know if either of you have ever heard of this. All right, go ahead. So it was actually nice enough to be outside for a little bit yesterday. So there we were went, windows, right? There were a there few were windows. There were some windows, yeah. So we went outside, and we played uh, a euchre um, on the deck with the Beautiful. kids. Beautiful. Great. Having a great time. Having a little sancerre. It was really a delight. But there was a lot of pollen in the air. Sure there is. Yeah. And I made the mistake of rubbing my eyes. And if you look at my eyes now, they're like mostly back to normal, but they're my, still my right eye yesterday, okay, was blood red. Unfortunately, I have the drops and I did all that and whatever, but something happened to me that has never happened to me before. I went to sleep last night with a black eye. And I looked it up. Like it's this an, around like or the, your the whole pupil or under, this? The whole under, whole under looked black. like I had been punched in the face, in the eye more specifically and i looked it up there's a thing it's called an allergic shiner which has it so it's not your blood vessels didn't break so it's not yeah but it, something happens there so i had to put like i was wearing an eye mask last night i had like steroid cream oh on there God. to try to like sort sort out and it looks mostly okay now but i still notice it but it was freaky man i had a like i went to sleep with a big bulging i've never heard of black anything eye. i've never heard of anything like that any point of reference on that, Gibby? And I've had allergies. I've had some yeah, eyes yeah. all That's the time. what I was going to say. Like, like, it's happened. I have hay fever. There are sure. pollen and things that I don't like. I've never had that. Yeah. So I was pretty scared. So if you Google it, allergic shiner. It shows up. Dark circles under the eyes caused by congestion of the nose and sinus. It usually shows dark, shadowy pigments that resemble bruises. They get the name because allergies cause them. Uh, and they, there's a paraorbital hyperpigmentation that happens. So there yeah. you go. No, I would not have had that. I was freaked out. I don't blame you. It's pretty wild. I was like, I can't go into work tomorrow with like a black eye. I mean, it would have been a fun. We get a fun bit. Sure. You know, as long as you were okay. We could, did you ever have any vision decrease or did that stay? Just when it first happened and it was like really bad before yeah. I got the drops in there. Like, I mean, my eye, it looked like I'd been stung by a bee. 
Boy, it's funny. I did not have a. I didn't notice the pollen this week. It had to be. I don't know. We were playing cards on the table. There must have been pollen, a bunch of pollen on the table, even though we had, you know. Yeah. Accumulation. Yeah. And I just I noticed put it right in my the eye. pollen yesterday, starting to on the car. Okay. There was a slight little green tint, and I'm like, uh, uh, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. So we had we, there were like four different downpours <laughs> yesterday. Correct. Yes. Like. One of them ran our Biblical. card game off. Like, yeah, you felt two drops, and we're like, "Let's go!" And by the time yeah. we're halfway up the stairs, they are like bucket-sized drops. I had a pallet of mulch, sixty-five bags of mulch. I was unloading in the middle of one of those. Oh, oh gibbe! It's great, gibbe. Oh, no rest for the gibbe. Jeez, yeah, we had we ended up getting all of the lacrosse in, but it was all the first game was entirely in the rain. God bless them, though they didn't call it like they they played like because their kids let them. It was 60 degrees. Like, it was fine. Yeah. Um, so we played one one in the rain, and then we dodged it the other two, and it was fine. Got it all in. How's Bootsy with a weapon in his hand? <laughs> Watching him at, watched him at a practice last two, Thursday, and a kid is, like, running ahead of him as they're, like, conditioning. And you just – and I see it. It's almost like in slow-mo because I'm aware of his act. And I see him just go – Slow mo, just boom, right on the kid's head, and I go, so I get him, and I go, I said, "What are you doing?" He goes, "I didn't do anything." So the thing that I'm doing with him now, as opposed to real truth, is now I just say, "You sir are a liar. <laughs> you are a liar. You're a liar." And what did I say back it. to that? Don't call me that, Dad. And I said, "No, you're a liar. I witnessed it. You sir are a liar." Your bootsy voice is one of my favorite things. Yeah, I absolutely love He's it. He's really. Yeah, so he had himself a great time. So, yeah, he did it. Now, he claims that he was provoked. I Maybe. I don't know. But, again, that's not – we can't lash back out. So I Rule see, number one, don't be the guy that don't gets caught. Don't be the caught, one that gets caught. That's right. You know, giving the payback. Yeah. It's weird because I see Bootsy and lacrosse is going one of two ways. He's either going to be like Luca, like a Euro, just super skilled, weaving yeah. a little bit of a finesse game and scoring, yeah. or he's going to be Bill Lambier and just start attacking people. Yeah, it's in the middle. Right now, it could go either way. I think the decision on his path is is right on that razor blade, and whichever it, both sides are doable. Tell him it's a lot more fun to beat Luca than. That's what I said. I'm like, you just keep stay the skill, buddy. Yeah, stay, stay skilled. skilled. You don't want to get into that other world. Yeah, it's a world nobody needs Thuggery. to get into. Buggery. I would also say this. So you texted me about Ozark. Um, <laughs> just hold on, relax. I. So I had Did others talk about it. No, we didn't. Oh. We didn't, and I, I, it comes the to first time I've been listen, ahead of you in a show in, in a like long time. Years. I know it. I'm, I have a ton of anxiety right now about this because it's, it's being wrecked on social. I'm like trying to find settings to like turn off the words because they dropped all of the episodes. What Friday? So I all weekend I, I had no time for it. I thought maybe last night I could get it in. Didn't wasn't able to. Smoked. Um, so like I'm at the point now where I, t I told the blonde, I said, it's entirely in play. They were watching six hours of TV tonight. They just knocked this thing out. And it goes back to the bigger issue. Whereas this, these last six episodes should have been released weekly one at a time. Yes. Instead of the whole lot. Oh yeah. Because people don't have lives and so they can watch six hours. Yeah. Not you. No, there's no way. I mean, I, the, I did a hundred hours of draft coverage this week. Yeah. So wait, we what are you going to do? Yeah. So how many episodes have you seen? Two. Okay. So I should be able to get caught we up. We did two last night. So and I was like so into it. I did one. We did one with apps, and then I finished cooking, and then we did another one 
post dinner. Yeah. See, I can't. I got kids. I can't watch it right. with the kids. So I mean, I got to wait till they go to bed. So that gives me a we're like a nine fifteen to eleven fifteen window. So theoretically tonight I can get through episodes one and two. Tonight. By the way, let me just drop something on your head here real quickly that I thought was fun. Nothing about Ozark. Okay. Don't worry. No spoilers. Oh, the, all I will say is that I was leaning forward the entire time. That's how I know I'm That's, fully engaged in. with something. Like, yeah. I am. Yep. All in. I yep. mean, it just picks up as you would imagine. Yep. As it ended very tensely. It yep. begins right there back and in it. goes yep. right after it. Um, so on Saturday night, my Arden had requested uh, we do pot sticker night. So we do pot sticker night. We get buy the wontons, make the filling ourselves, fill them up. A little, you use a little, um, oh, why am I cornstarch and water, and that ends up being the food glue. And you grow. So we made a batch of thirty pot stickers. Fifteen came out. What great. a girl! Fifteen did not. She's an all-time girl, though. Uh, she's a pot sticker night. God yeah. bless her. That's excellent. Pot sticker night. It is excellent. They're of course, phenomenal. no one's lost having a pot sticker ever. Of course, I want a, rest, a restaurant of nothing but pot stickers. What's inside? Let your imagination run wild. Run you can have anything you want. You want a, a pot sticker al pastor? Sure, why not? We'll why do not? that here. What's stopping you? you Will your son eat that? No. <laughs> can you put noodles inside a pot sticker? Maybe. Now we're talking. Noodles inside of noodles? Maybe. That actually I'll ask good. him. I'll ask him. Yeah. Uh, so we did kind of like that Saturday. It was like an Asian-themed night. We had the pot stickers. We had some sushi. And uh, Miss K had gotten this big bag of boom, boom shrimp that she gets for, I think from Trader Joe's maybe or whole foods. And so they're, you just do them in the oven. They're already breaded and mm-hmm. delightful shrimp. And so on Saturday, this is a little life hack for people on Saturday. We were, since we was the Asian theme, I made a, uh, a base, what I would call a ponzu honey sriracha vinaigrette for the dipping sauce, which like turns it. out to be awesome. I use a uh, little rice wine vinegar, uh, or rice vinegar, ponzu, little soy, Sriracha, healthy dose, and then some Mike's hot honey, and then I whisk it all up into a little. I like where it's your a head's wonderful at. dipping sauce. But then we had some of the shrimp left over. But last night we did some lamb chops. We did some cauliflower steaks on the grill, which were amazing. Yep. Uh, some ravioli, and then we wanted to have this. We had the rest of the shrimp, and I'm like, let's have these as an app. Aha! Uh-huh. So then I got marinara, and so we dipped it in marinara, and it was like having a galamad to start the meal. Two different cuisines, one bag of shrimp. What a job. So what I was an incredible quite job. pleased with that. How did you do the the cauliflower steaks on the grill well? So I've had so many mixed so results. So at Heinen's, at Heinen's yeah, yeah. they have the ones that are they're cut, and it's like one's purple, one's green, one's yeah, yellow. Yeah, I know you those guys. Those? Yeah, yeah. All right, so I got that. I let it marinate in um, uh, this, like, garlic olive oil type okay. of a thing for a like while. Like a pasty type thing? It's Oily, but yeah, like it's more thick. There's more and okay. a lot of spices on there, and then some crushed red pepper, and then just let it sit in there for a couple hours, so it hopefully soaked in. And then uh, I sous vide the lamb chops. So when I put the lamb chops on the grill, when I as soon as I got the grill going, like turned it on, I just stuck the cauliflower in there. So as the grill heated up to get to the searing temp, that side got a nice good crust on it, and then by the and cooked kind of through with it closed. So it's kind of like grilling, but also oven you know roasting yeah I yeah guess. yeah and so when it came down to put the lamb chops on and they just needed a minute on either side that's when i flipped it to the other side and it was already really hot and so they just oh they it was beautiful charred up nice all right and it was a delight i didn't think to do it on the I got, i'm gonna do that i like the, the marinade and get the ones that are they're already yeah, yeah i know those the, guys yeah i've seen those yeah, guys yeah sure. i like those guys um all right i think we answered these with the which player are we most excited most excited about probably bell just because I like watching offensive yeah. football. I like the Bell one, and I'm going to go with Perry and Winfrey because 
first of all, personality off the charts. Second of all, did you see, I know you don't follow me on social, but I know a lot of people retweeted the one where I put the eyeballs above a clip of him. Yeah, I did. Almost like potentially ending somebody's yeah. existence on the yeah. planet. Yep, that's right. I mean, I that was that. just. Yeah, yeah he's going to be fun. I think he's going to be a lot of fun. And he's Alex Wright. Uh, I mean, they're very excited about Alex Wright. So yeah. I am too then. Um, which player we drafted can help us right away in your eyes? Cade York. Cade York Bell yep. would be my top two. Yep. Yeah. That's it. And who could make an impact right away from day three? Cade York. Cade York. Yeah. Big impact. Yeah. I never understood like people like being like being, being worried about that. Like, do you not watch? Do you know the stress – that we've had in the, well, of course you do, you're Browns fans, but the stress that you have. We had the lowest field goal percentage in the league. Extra points versus, did you see how, like Cincinnati is not in the Super Bowl without McPherson, yes. period. Yeah. Not. Vegas doesn't make the playoffs without Daniel Carlson. No. no. At all. No, you need that weapon. And if this kid can provide it, man, that's a big win. Look the great Glenn Cook, look at him. Look at that guy. Like that tremendous he really is that's a he's that's all team issue today that's all team issue. that's a that's a sweatsuit and a, sh a and a shoe too that's all team issue uh right there that's like oh, a, yeah. an air pegasus 37 if yeah. memory serves is probably where that goes browns fan sugardale sponsoring grand opening events at two Myers stores visit the canton store on friday may 6th the brunswick store on friday may 13th for samples and giveaways special appearances by browns alumni alumni and chomps for store locations and more details visit sugardale.com slash events uh coming up next uh, you'll hear from the brain trust ab depot stefanski on the draft it's coming up next you'll listen to cleveland browns daily on 850 espn cleveland cleveland browns daily on 850 espn cleveland My friends, my good friends at the Bath Authority can give you the bathroom of your dreams. You can change your current bathroom into a custom one that will feel like a spa. Let the Bath Authority make it a reality for you at a fraction of the cost of the competitors. And guys, they can do it for you in about a day. The Bath Authority is our area's premier bath and shower remodeler, expert, factory trained installers. Give them a call now. 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. That number is 216-220-8399 or thebathauthority.com. They have the largest selection of bath projects all made in the United States. You can change your bathroom from outdated to outstanding. You want to do a tub to shower conversion, they can do that for you. Superior products and expert installers. Give them a call now for 500 bucks off that next custom bath shower remodel at 216-220-8399 or go to thebathauthority.com and now from late saturday some of the highlights from our brain trust and a lot of big brains here ab depot and coach stefanski let's have a listen just wanted to start off by um, acknowledging and just thanking again all the you know scouts coaches um, you know research analysts that um, contributed this weekend um, and quite honestly, continue to contribute to this weekend as we uh, prepare for the undrafted free agent process. You know, once the once the draft ends, I really appreciate the work that um, you know our groups have done. Uh, we always view this weekend as a as a chance to you know add young talent to the roster. Um, we're certainly excited about uh, the individuals that that we've added over the course of three days. Um, you know, we're we're 
you know, also very happy about, you know, the additional draft resources both this year and next year um, that we were able to accumulate over the course of the weekend. Um, but the reality of it is we still don't play till September. Um, there's still work to do on the roster. We'll take a, you know, after we go through the undrafted free agent process, we'll take a quick breather um, and then really get right back on the saddle, um, you know, because there are still areas that um, we can fortify and add competition before camp. Um, and that'll really be our mindset moving forward. So with that, I'll open up for questions. Running here or biking? <laughs> Probably running. <laughs> um, did you check all the boxes you wanted to, Andrew? You said there's still a work in progress and other things you want to do, but did you get done what you wanted to? Yeah, you know, I would tell you, Tom, like I've probably never been a part of a draft where you literally accomplish everything that, that you want. There are always, whether it's opportunities or players or some, you know, some other um, you know, facet that either it doesn't go your way or maybe it's, it's a bit ambitious. So we're really pleased with, um, you know, how we're coming out of the weekend. But you know, the reality is, like, you know, no roster is perfect. Our roster isn't perfect. And we're going to continue to look for opportunities to improve it. Did we get the sense that if you didn't take Cade York that, with that fourth-round pick that he'd be gone by the time he came up again? Yeah, you know, we, we certainly thought that was a – that was a possibility. You know, we you saw that little you know specialist run in the fourth round. You know, went you know kicker, and I think it was either two or three punters that went off. You know, shortly you know shortly afterwards, um, you know realized that's uh, you know a little high for where kickers typically go. But you know we do think that he's a, an excellent prospect and you know, has a chance to be a good kicker for a long time. Considered how he changes strategy with that kind of a leg. Yeah, I think you take all that into account, Tom. And, and I want to give Kate a chance to get on campus here and. Uh, you know, get to work with the coaches and those type of things. But obviously, when you're making in-game decisions, you're taking everything into account. You, uh, you know, even just in watching some of Winfrey's highlights and you know, watching your ball, were you pretty surprised that you were able to get in where you did, considering some people had second-round grades on him? Yeah, you know, we did think that he went, you know, later than what you know what we would have um, what we would have assumed. Um, you know, we were happy that he was there. We think he's a really good fit. You know, in our scheme as a you know upfield gap shooting three tech, and uh, you know obviously he's uh, he's as low energy as they come, right? So no, we're excited to get him here. Andrew, you have a lot of ends right now. Is Clowney still in the picture? You know, we will continue to keep our uh, you know thumb on the pulse of you know all the veteran markets. Uh, I wouldn't comment on a specific player, but um, you know we think we think highly of JD, and um, like I said, we'll take our breath uh, tomorrow, and we'll be back at it with roster building uh, next week. At which, at which point did you become committed to uh, seeking the best kicker in the draft? Was it watching the playoffs? Was it after your season or, or during the draft process? You know, honestly, Tony, you know, kicker had, has been a spot that we've, you know, that we've monitored for, for several drafts, like, you know, having a, you know, having a, uh, you know, specialist on a, on a rookie deal, a young high potential specialist on a rookie deal, um, you know, is something that's valuable and important to us. Um, but just like with anything, the, the value and just the, you know, the opportunity cost of when you're considering that player, you know, is important. So I wouldn't say it's something that, you know, was new in terms of our, new in terms of our thing. I think we all know in this room how difficult it is to kick, um, you know, here in Cleveland. Um, so, you know, Kay, we, we certainly think has the raw talent to do so. You've got a loaded running back room. What sets Ford apart? Yeah, we, we really think Jerome has a, has a well-rounded game. Um, a bigger guy who can really run. 
I actually think one of the you know one of the areas in his games that's probably a little bit understated is just his ability um, in the passing game, particularly as a receiver. So he's a guy that we think can can generate explosive plays for us. But um, you know we're looking forward to seeing him get with the coaching staff and seeing what he can do. Extra picks for next year, which you've done. You landed on nine guys. Did that just kind of happen, or was that a target? Definitely not a target. Um, yeah. We really do try and take advantage of the opportunities as they as they present themselves to us. Uh, I, you know, I mentioned here multiple times that um, you know we're flexible either way, moving up, moving down. But um, you know, volume is important to us. You know, combined with combined with quality. So it's not like we went into the weekend saying, "Hey, look, this is the number of players that we want to pick." You know, we just felt like between the prospects who were on the board and the trade opportunities that came to us, it was the right decision at specific spots. Obviously, we. Oh, go ahead, Tom. Go ahead, Dan. Okay. We, we've asked you about Cade, but you guys also signed a punter, signed a return guy. How, I mean, just how big of a priority was it this offseason to get those three areas? It, like- it, 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 it was a big priority for us this offseason, Dan, to, to you know, make sure that we had um, you know, uh, added some competition and talent to, to the kicking game. Um, you know, I think that's something that you know, coming out of last year that you know, we thought – um, we could make improvements, and, and we're certainly excited about you know some of the individuals that we've added to the roster. Maybe a little broader than that question, but this is the third year for this regime picking players. Does it feel like it's a lot different from three years ago as far as the roster feels more established? Maybe you went into it not feeling like you had to address as many holes. Well, say three years ago we were doing it from home, so in that sense it feels you know a lot different. But no, I think you know I, I talked about this a little bit last night on the radio. You know, years ago we were drafting rookies so they could come play on our team because we had holes on our team. You know, we wanted to get to a point where we were drafting players that were going to have to compete for any kind of playing time at all. And I think that's, that's where we've gotten to now. So um, you know, we weren't really drafting for need necessarily in these last, last couple days. We were drafting for best player for the most part. And, uh, these guys are going to have to come in and compete. Uh, you know, there have been some questions about depth in different rooms. Hey, that's a those are those are first world problems, right? That, that's what we wanted to try to create. It's what we've been trying to create for you know for years. So in that sense, uh, yeah, it feels it feels different than it did once upon a time. But I think we've we've felt that building and building over the last couple of years. Well, can you speak to the receiver room a little bit? Uh, Deshaun right now has you know one real proven veteran in Amari, and then you know some younger guys and guys that you know need to develop a little bit. Uh, how do you feel about you know what Deshaun has to work with? I think we really like the mix, and certainly, you know, Kevin can talk about this too. But um, the different characteristics that each guy brings, um, I think, you know, collectively, it's a really, really nice room. I mean, I think we feel like the room can sort of do everything. You know, we've got some speed, we've got some great route runners, we've got guys who are tough after the catch, we've got guys who have, you know, contested catchability. So, um, in terms of building out, you know, concepts uh, within our scheme, I think there's an awful lot we can do with these guys. The volume of trades over this weekend, and obviously you guys made the big one going into the draft. Just from your perspective, have you seen a little bit of a, is there a seismic shift in the NFL now when it comes to the strategic planning with all, with all these trades? And just, again, you know, from your perspective as well, the willingness to give up draft assets for established, proven players and how that fits into your, I guess, team building pictures, you, you know, work with Andrew in the front office. Sure. You know, I, I don't have, I, I don't know the history in terms of exactly what it looks like today, volume of 
transactions versus what it was two years ago or 10 years ago. Um, I mean, a team like New England has always been you know, very active, so it's not as though uh, we suddenly have a lot, a lot of activity that we didn't have previously. Um, but I do think teams are in, uh, sometimes are in different cycles, right, in terms of, uh, and that, that impacts their willingness to either trade up or trade down. Um, I also think teams are doing a great job just in general of scouting players. I mean, we, you know, just this last weekend, AB can comment on this if he wants. He was pretty efficient in terms of the way mm -hmm. players were drafted. You know, I would say five, six years ago, you know, you get past maybe the first 50 picks and it just goes in lots of different directions. You're surprised at different guys who, uh, who get taken in different slots. But it, you know, this year it was a lot of really good players getting taken in really good slots. Very, very few players were sliding through, you know, to later rounds that would surprise you. Um, so in that sense, you know, I think teams have gotten very good at it, and they're being aggressive when they go see something. Uh, or if they don't have something, you know, they're, they're happy trading back. What we never know when we go into a draft is what kind of opportunities we're going to have in either direction. You know, there have been times where we've wanted to trade up, haven't been able to. We've wanted to trade back, haven't been able to. And there were times where we were ready to take a player and we got an offer we couldn't refuse to move back, right? So uh, we never go into the draft with the idea that we're going to make a certain number of trades because you just never know what kind of opportunity is going to present itself. What was the, you touched on a little bit earlier, but what was the thinking uh, behind uh, trading Troy Hill to the Rams? And then um, what was it like to have Quasi on the other end of a trade? <laughs> So um, just with Troy, it just felt like it was it was a good opportunity for us. Um, it was a position that we felt like we had depth. Um, you know, we thought that the value was appropriate, um, you know, for us. And uh, you know, really, it was just as simple as simple as that. It came together relatively quickly. Um, in terms of uh, in terms of Quasi, that was a that was a fun one. I will be honest. We uh, had a couple discussions. We probably had maybe three or four separate discussions throughout uh, the weekend about uh, a couple trades. So it was it was finally nice to actually execute one with him. Um, no, but that was that was good. Buying or selling a home with Howard Hanna Real Estate Services is always a winning strategy. If you plan to make a move this season, they're going to have you covered. As ha At Howard Hanna, every day is game day. Visit howardhanna.com slash go Browns today for more. We'll hit you with the winners and losers around the league. Coming up next, you're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Your business operation collects all the data you need, but are you having a hard time bringing it together and seeing the full picture? Well, you can with my friends at EOX Vantage. They're data scientists, also business operations experts. Your EOX Vantage team will help you build an automated system that brings your data sources together in real time, turns them into eye-opening dashboards. You can make smart, time-sensitive decisions. Staring at spreadsheets to prove, provide insight you needed to know last month. Well, at EOX Vantage, you know exactly where your people stand on their activities and deliverables, engage your financial performance easily, accurately track, track progresses, and your ROI. They're good for your business, kids. Check out how companies are making their business intelligence smarter by visiting EOXVantage.com. And we have some roster news this uh, here in the last couple of minutes, my friend. We do. The Browns have released 
or they have waived, I should say, kicker Chris Blewett and kicker Chase McLaughlin. Blewett appeared in two games with Washington in 2021 before joining the Browns practice squad prior to Week 17. McLaughlin appeared in 16 games last season, connecting on 15 of 21 field goal attempts and 36 of 37 PATs. And, of course, their futures with the Browns seemed cloudy at best once the team selected Cade York in the fourth round, which is nice. No kicker competition. We don't have to be charting this stuff day in and day out. Cade York is the kicker for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. And and that's that's what his resume and where he is drafted would would get you to that end pretty quickly and so it's done and so we look forward to to that going as we go. I also have this to look forward to. I see from uh, the great Jeff here in the building that uh, apparently we're hiring a radio podcast intern. That's real, Gibby. We are. We're looking for a Stevie. We are. Wow, Stevie. The budget had, the the budget gods have granted me uh, wow. an intern. This is exciting. So there is like remuneration. Do you think anybody would apply to be our Stevie? Like to me, when you do the, will you do the interviews? Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> will we not be involved? I mean, I think maybe we should do the final ones on the air. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> I like I like, like the idea of the, the three of us, yeah. the three of us in a dark room and a spotlight on the kid. Yep. And then peppering with questions. That's what I'm. That's what I think needs to happen. Yeah. And if they don't, if they don't get the jokes, then out. They're out. Out. Gone. Know the show. You better know, know the, the show. show. You, you would best. Yeah. yeah. You better first be things first. That's when I was in charge of the intern program at ESPN Cleveland. Yep. I was like, tell me two radio hosts right off the get go. You were either in or you were out. I love that's critical. If you don't know the radio station that you're then going you can't to work come. for or the company. That's it. Or if you don't take the time to know them. Yeah. Eh, I can't help you. Yep. I agree. I like that. I like that a lot. By the way, happy 50th birthday to The Rock today. May 2nd, 1972, born in Hayward, California, my hometown, believe it or not. Come they on! Were, they were on the road at the time. And yeah, that's how he opens his autobi- autobiography with that story. They were then, So he was born in actually in Hayward, California. Same wow. As me. I saw him this weekend uh, harvesting the Terramana. <laughs> getting he's that amped a, up. What a beast. He's such a... He is. He's he really unreal. is. It's unbelievable. Um, 50. Like... Yeah. At what point is he – have we reached – is he the best – is he the most fit, jacked 50-year-old ever? Yeah, I mean, I think it's in play because you have um, – I mean, with science and diet and what we know about fitness and health, you're – you know, like the Hoff will give him a run for his money when he gets the time he's I mean, spending. the only other person I'd even consider, and I, I don't know what he was on or what he was taking, but it would be Arnold. Arnold is his – he is – yeah, that's been the path, is yeah. the Arnold path. What did Arnold look like at 50, though? Well, I don't know how – what movie would he – what age does that put him? How old's Arnold now? I don't know, but I mean – I think we have to – The Rock's have to, like – You also have to retroactively judge Arnold from the standpoint of science wasn't what it is. From a uh, um, from a diet standpoint, you weren't as wise. Pumping and iron he was, was good. just is an unbelievable Okay, film. so he's set Arnold 74. Okay, so 98. Do I have that right? Do I do that math right in my head? Y- yeah. Let's see what uh, – I'll, I'd best be able to do this based on the movies. Yeah, what was he doing in 1998? End of days. Give me another one. Didn't see it. The sixth I'm looking day. at Arnold through the years, from two through seven. <laughs> so Give he's me way another past one. his prime right there. He is. He's clearly past his prime in 1998. I was hoping that we would 
but I, I don't. I might not have the like. Co- when was Kindergarten Cop? Oh, that would have been. That wouldn't have been. No. Um. All right. Let so me I'm saying. That. I'm saying the right, rock so is way big. Kindergarten Cop, 1990. Eraser yeah. is 96. True Lies. He was pretty cut up. That's at 46. He was but he didn't look shape. like the Rock. Well, no, but I said that's what I'm saying. Yeah, we have to yeah. we have to take it off a little bit because of you know just where we are with diet and everything. So yeah, I mean, Eraser is 96. The other thing too is the Rock is six five. I don't believe Arnold was necessarily like the feet. tallest man. All right, so I'm going to hold this up. I don't know if you can see it or not through the glass. This was Arnold at 52. That's pretty good. That's not awful. Not bad. Yeah. Not that's awful. Good. It's darn good. Oh, it's really good. That's really good. V impressive. Yeah. 74 for Arnold? Jeez. Jeez. Well, that's got to make Stallone in the – he's got to be in his mid-70s. Also not tall. Also not tall. Yeah. All right. There you go. So whoever wants to be our intern, be prepared. Know the show. Yeah, we, we – We'll have to figure out some things, some questions. Maybe we got to get a question from Boots. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's been a rough week for him just across the board. <laughs> it's not trending in a good spot. Need, need you to be better, son. Yeah. Need you to be better. It's hanging on. A lot of stomping up the stairs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like the scene in Home Alone where uh, where Kevin just sprints up the stairs? That's There's a lot of that. There's a lot of just... Mm-hmm. Sprinting up the stairs. I have a shirt. It's also a magnet. Might also be a sign of my house. The beatings will continue until morale improves. <laughs> until morale improves. <laughs> that's that's how yeah. that goes. Yeah. Then uh. when he gets up there, he hides. Like he hides behind a door mm. or something. I'm like, what are you doing? I had a one of my kids did that once. She did it enough times that I just went one day and ripped the door off the hinges and put Jeez. it in the garage. And I said, Well, guess, you guess you're not gonna that. have any freedom. Guess you won't have that. Jeez. Get back. Well, oh, she was doing things she wasn't supposed this to. This is what this is what happens. Right. Yeah. It's the way that goes. We, there you, are rules. Raising. Then you will have no privacy. Yes, it's a society where we, there are rules you have to follow. Yes. Not everywhere. That's the way. Well, no, as you showed me in the break. That was stunning. Um, all right. We have some winners and losers, Gibby. Yeah. I, you know, I put together a little bit all of right. fun. I like it. Um, give me a team from the AFC and a team from the NFC that won this weekend's NFL draft taking the Browns out of it, obviously. Ravens, sadly. And I think the Lions. I think the Lions got two of the top six or seven players in this draft. And I think when you're trying to rebuild a roster and you get, you know, most people had Hutchinson number one overall, and Jamison Williams, if healthy, would have been the first receiver. And some people thought he would run the fastest 40 ever at the Combine. So, to me, that's a home run. I'm going to go with the New York Jets. Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson, Brees Hall, Jeremy Ruckert. I mean, pretty good. Pretty good haul. They got the I know that on a lot of boards they got the top corner, top receiver, top running back, and like a top five edge. All in one draft. So I would say that that was pretty, pretty, pretty good. And then the other one for me. NFC. The NFC, Philadelphia Eagles. You get Jordan Davis out of Georgia. You end up getting Nicobe Dean, who I think is going to be a steal in the third round. That was crazy. I, they, Insane. I mean, there was a, the kid from Montana State, Troy Anderson, went ahead of him. Nicobe Dean was the best defensive player. He was the most important defensive player at Georgia. They had like 12 guys drafted off their defense. That's right. 15 total picks. Oh, yeah, and they also got A.J. Brown. Mm. Yeah. Up next, guys, what quarterback ended up in the best situation? Pickett in Pittsburgh, 
Ritter in Atlanta, Malik Willis in Tennessee, Matt Corral in Carolina, or Sam Howell in Washington? Bishop, Willis, right? Hmm? I feel like Willis. Stable organization. Sit Doesn't have to play. Sit behind Tannehill. And has an opportunity to be, in a couple of years, the potential, at least it feels like, to be amongst the top quarterbacks in his division. Indianapolis has Matt Ryan, who will not be around forever. Houston right now has Davis Mills. Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, who had a negative first year because of the urban experience, but is likely to be the best quarterback in the division, or at least that's what he was drafted to be, certainly. So not only is he in a good, stable situation where he doesn't have to play, where he can learn, and hopefully by the time he's ready to play, they actually give him some receivers because they've allowed Corey Davis and A.J. Brown to leave the building in the last two years. I like that situation where no pressure to play, can learn Tannehill's a pro's pro. Um, Matt Corrales isn't terrible if he's good. If he's good, he's got some good weapons there. Kenny Pickett is in in a good situation overall, but I just think he's his ceiling is being the fourth best quarterback in the division. Yeah. Which is tough. Yeah. By the way, that I mean, I did not have that. I thought for sure that there would be a little run on those guys. The idea – like if, in the if third? Pickett, if Pickett doesn't go to the Steelers at 20, it, in retrospect, it makes you think that Pittsburgh really misread the quarterback market because they could have had the pick of the quarterbacks in the second round. It was so funny because right? there was so much going on from a movement standpoint, and you're reacting to it. At the end of night one Thursday, you went back and you go look, and I remember it was like 1 o'clock in the morning here, and I'm like, there was only one QB taken. Yep. I really thought someone else got taken. Yep. Nope. Nope. One. And then none in the second round. Yeah. Uh, up next, would you rather go undrafted and be the number one undrafted free agent or be Mr. Irrelevant like Brock Purdy was from Iowa State? On undrafted. 100%. I get to pick where I go. Find my circumstance. and Yeah, people in, at Iowa, in, Iowa State fans are all offended that he was called Mr. Irrelevant, apparently unaware that that's a thing. Like, I don't know how that's possible. It's only been happening in every, every single draft, draft. For a long time, so yeah. It was, it was interesting because normally it is Mr. Irrelevant. It's very yeah. rare that a quarterback from a major program is Right, yeah, usually it's a irrelevant school, you're slash right. relevant. I already know what you're doing. So I don't even... Before I before you even raise your hand, this is a reaction to the hop, isn't it? <laughs> Amazing. I just felt that we had to share this because it's unbelievable. How did you know that's what I was doing? Because I knew, I knew that, I knew that we, you would have Twitter up. Yeah, I had the same reaction you had. You saw my face when I read it, and when I saw your face and your hand raised, <laughs> there was only one thing that it could be in response to, and it was what the hop just put on social. <laughs> He put on social, so I feel like, I mean. So make your bed tweets. If you want to change the world, start off by making your bed. That's what make your bed said. To which Joe Thomas writes. The Hoff. The Hoff. Verified. I disagree. Double exclamation point. Make your bed. Double exclamation point. Screw that. This is where it gets interesting. I like to start my day with a game of chance. It's the underwear lottery. I reach into the grab bag and pull out a pair of briefs. Remind me to come back to that. Yeah, that's a huge word. First thing, you're gonna, you're gonna, that's going to get lost in what comes next. First thing in the AM, some are holy, some are tight, some are stained, some are perfect. If it's a nice pair, I've already started my day with a jackpot feeling. If it's a crappy pair, that will ruin my day. But at least Literally I find out that my day will suck right off the bat. Okay. 
We need to get him on here in the next 10 minutes. <laughs> yes. To discuss the brief part of this, the fact that he has stained and ruined underwear. It's still in the circulation. Why are they in the circulation? A, sir, you are a millionaire. Yes. <laughs> and, I mean, and what are we doing? Like, maybe, maybe boxer gotta briefs. Got to be boxer briefs. There's be. no way he's walking around in briefs at this day and age. There's a better technology. Yeah, boxer briefs. Clearly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say I have 20 pair that are all been purchased within the last year and a half. 15 to 20 oh, yeah. that are in. You got to, yeah. It cycles through. Cycle through. And it needs to be, for me, it's always a sporty brand's boxer brief. That's what I like. So I like it to have that like yeah. material. Yeah. And we go through. And Tommy John's also very good. I have quite a few Tommy Johns. So I'm a Sunspell and a, and, a, and a Tommy John. Tommy guy. John's great. Yeah, Sunspell are my guys. But that's. I mean, <laughs> this is. I almost fell out. Such an attention getter. It's a, I almost fell out of my chair. <laughs> I think we need him. He, he responded. I tweeted him. I said, your tweets have won the day, and he loved that. Yeah. Stand by. Stand by? Yeah. Is he coming on? Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. This just <laughs> stall for me for a second. <laughs> I don't even need to. I love that I just, I love that I just raised my hand and was We're laughing. We're going to a bill for this, and it's going to be great. Almost crying. <laughs> And that you, you were like, I know exactly. I know what exactly what. I, as soon as I saw your face, there's only one thing that would elicit that response. There's so many questions I have. There's so much to dissect here in just a two tweet. I mean, in just what a few hundred characters. By the way, the original tweet was tweeted 17 hours ago. What? The original that he's responding to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Responding to is 17 hours. He went back to back right at 2:13, and then hashtag deep thoughted it, which I thought was a tremendous way to like cap it off. I just love that if he pulls a crappy pair instead of saying that's it. I don't know what that means, by the way. Let's not get into that. (laughs) Well, it'd be very easy to just replace. So that's out, right? And then I'm going to get a good one. Instead, he's saying my days, my days suck. It's done. It's done. Hoff. Hoff. Clarity. Huff. We need clarity. Huff. What an unbelievable what an series unbelievable. of tweets. <laughs> oh, those were my deep thoughts from Vegas over the weekend. And <laughs> I, I had to I had to send them out to the people. They they needed to hear this because this baloney malarkey that you're supposed to make your bed first thing in the morning is supposed to lead to a great day is just rubbish. I hate making my bed. It's the worst, most unproductive <laughs> thing on the face of the earth. Because the very first thing I have well, to do when I'm tired and all I want to do is go to bed is I have to unmake my bed. I have to go backwards <laughs> and go back to where I started the entire horrible day from. But off. <laughs> but off. In your tweet, I feel like I could solve your whole day by just always having a nice pair of drawers for you, bud. <laughs> like ah. you have means, Hoff. Well, we could get too you smart a, for me. A whole, I, I just think once, a whole fleet once you pull underwear. A, a bad pair, it's out right then into the garbage. Oh, what, why didn't I think of that in the first place? 15 years of they sponsored <laughs> Under Armour athletes, and I don't have nice pairs of underwear, and I still pull out. Under Armour makes going, great boxer briefs. I've got yes, a ton of them. I don't know why I still have them, but I pull them out. I'm like, ah, crappy. Another stained <laughs> pair that doesn't fit, but I'm going to have to wear them the whole day. I love that you're compelled. Once you pull it, it's like you have no choice. No choice. It is like, no choice. It is, it is so it is so. Like, you must wear that pair. Well, it's it's part of the roulette game. Like, if you're able to go back to the grab bag and pick a new one out, like, you lose that jackpot feeling that you get when you pull out the perfect pair. 
right? But you what have I'm... to have the misery in order to have the joy. The pure <laughs> the joy. joy. The CBD pure joy. You got to know what it's like to be down, baby, to appreciate That's what right. it's like to be up. That's, That's what right. it is. Okay. That's right. Right. <laughs> it just That's makes right. me sad as somebody who loves you and, and loves your I think we have a common, you know, zest for life sure. and zest for the oh, world yeah. to yep. know that by one unfortunate pull of, a, of an underwear that, quite frankly, shouldn't be in your stable of, of draws anymore, that it can ruin your day. And that makes me sad Same. because I care about you and I want you to have great days every day. Well, thank you. But at least I find out about it early. So I know the day is going to suck <laughs> from the moment I start brushing my teeth and I put on a new pair of underwear or new pair of old underwear that have holes in <laughs> have you have you ever been able to, able to overcome a bad pool and go on to have a surprise That's a great, great question. day? Nunca. Doesn't happen. Never. Never. <laughs> Never. Off, can we also say just for clarity that in the use of, like when you say briefs, it's a boxer brief you're choosing, correct? Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a big boxer brief guy. I don't. That's I don't what I wear the briefs. I don't wear the boxers. Boxer briefs all the way. Only yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah. Stuff. yeah. I was, right. I was worried. We were worried about the Hoff running amok in tidy whities and just felt like that wasn't no. a man. Of, he, that wasn't no going Him no. and Larry David were the LD. only people that I know oh. who are sticking with them. And the, I bet LD also race. probably has un, unusable a, underwear still in his stable. He strikes me as a guy who's not throwing <laughs> underwear out. No, you can't throw underwear out. But, yeah, you also can't wear briefs. <laughs> with these thunder thighs, there would be so much chafing. You'd be bleeding by the end of the day. The idea that Hoff and and, uh, and Larry David have this much in common pleases me. Because I can see LD. This is an episode of this Curb. This is Curb right now. This, this is, is Curb. Absolutely. Yeah, you just did Curb Your Enthusiasm. I think you just had a great time in Vegas. That's what it, that's what it yeah. sounds like to me. That we, we are not quite the same as we were before this trip. We're changed. Uh, I'm, I'm having withdrawals a little bit in, in many facets after coming home from Vegas and going – Right to the Brewers game, right to tailgating at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning. Oh, oh yeah, he took it to the Brewers game yesterday. Oh, it's been a t- tough weekend <laughs> for my internal organs. Got a detox. Huh? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Thank you for the update. We, oh, you got a quick? Go ahead. Yeah, real quick. Oh. Half of you spoken with your great personal friend, The Rock. Fif- turns 50 today. How about that? Yeah. Ooh. Ah, good reminder. I, I got to call him here before the day's out uh, to, to, to send him the celebration and the happy birthday that I'm sure he's been waiting for all day. Uh, he, there's no doubt the way he looks at you, he, all the admiration. But the question is, and I don't believe, I can't believe we haven't asked this yet, is what did you pull today? You sound very jovial, oh, yeah, so I have to imagine it, it had to be a good pair. It's The Rock's birthday. I imagine you got to have a good pair on today. It was a great pair. That's why I'm having yep. a great day. So I'm just talking to you guys. I, I knew it would be a great day. From the moment I pulled out the perfect pair of tidy ready, and this is why. It's because I get an opportunity, unprompted, unscheduled, to be on CBD. Right. And, and remind me that I did get to meet The Rock, and I'm looking at the picture on my wall right now, and he wrote on there, uh, this is in his writing. I didn't tell him to write this. You're an inspiration. And maybe it's because of my lust for life and my understanding of first thing in the morning, how great it is to pull a nice pair of underwear out of the grab bag. Boxer brief roulette, changing the world one day. That's right. I hope your glorious day continues, Hoff. <laughs> How can it not? It's already, it's already written. It's like it's, it's written done. in the book. It's, it's done. True. Of course it's continuing. It's already in stone. Yeah. Yeah. Good Do you ever use bit. that with, with, with the missus? Like, I pulled a bad pair today. Like, leave me alone. Cut me some slack here. Is she aware? Oh, I should. She tries to throw my underwear away, which really kind of pisses me off. So... <laughs> 
she, you know, she complains about him getting a little too stained and, you know, just a little bit ratty. But I just don't like throwing stuff away. I, I'm not really a hoarder, but when it comes to clothes, I just have a hard time getting rid of it, even underwear. That's yeah, played a special, I'm sure, at some point. It was part of a great day. Like, oh, at one point, it was a great point, poll. it was a good poll. Yeah. Hey, and then it's a great point. It was a lot of memories. Good soldiers for you. Think about it. All like the great days that you can think back that you had with those pair. You just you don't want to get rid of them. And what are you going to do? Put them in a frame. Put them on your wall. Like you just want (laughs) to keep wearing them and reminding yourselves of the greatness that you had together. (laughs) What a tag team you were! Emotion to inanimate objects is amazing. (laughs) amazing. I love it. I love it so much. Oh Uh, God! Thanks for jumping on, buddy. uh, And thank you for providing us some joy. (laughs) We love you. What a day. What a time to be alive. That was remarkable. That entire thing was remarkable. And this is the only show in the world where, that where that's happening. That's you it. You can bet your butt. That ain't <laughs> yes. The Hoff will. He will. Elk and Elk, serious lawyers, serious injuries. Call 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk is a proud partner. Like, I really house. think the next level should be next. Like <laughs> That should have been it. it. That's it. That's as good as it's, it's going to get. Get ready, fellas. Uh, you're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Bo here for my friends at Char Whiskey Bar and Grill in Rocky River. Sip on your choice of over 300 premium whiskeys. That's right, 300 premium whiskeys. Craft cocktails, do it while you're watching a game, enjoying a nice evening. Char is also coming out with that new spring menu. It comes out this week. New Mm. items on both the main and brunch menus, oyster shrimp cocktail, more. They're going to introduce their raw bar specials. It's summer. It's time for a good raw, raw bar. Check out their new chicken and waffles. At the current brunch menu at Char, enjoy your meal or drink on the outdoor patios. The weather is certainly getting warmer. Support local. Visit Char Whiskey Bar and Grill in Rocky River or charrockyriver.com for more details. Go ahead. That segment needs to be a part of our interview process. If they aren't laughing at that and they don't get that, out. That's like we maybe just, even the first portion of the I mean, you can't the ask the Stevies what type of underwear they wear. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Just listen to this, and are you having the time of your life? Do you feel the radio history was just made? We just, uh, by seeing something on Twitter through Gibby's uh, quick trigger and huge our P, own by the way. huge P right there, and then the fact we just had a first ballot Hall of Famer discuss his underwear routine in a matter of impromptu in a matter of I feel like that seconds? should be part of his speech when he goes into yeah. camp. Yes. Yeah, I think so, too. I hope he pulls, good, I hope I, he pulls a good I pair mean, what that a, day. You can't pull a bad Hopefully pair Hopefully only the bring oh, the man. good pair. Like when he goes on road trips, I would assume he's only taking good pairs. I wonder, I would like to go, what I'd like to understand is, and, and this was a miss by me, what was his record of good pulls on Sundays during his playing career? Was there a correlation? Like, do we? is he perhaps to That's blame a good for some thesis, things that yeah. happened? Due to bad underwear pulls ill-timed on Sundays? It's a fantastic question. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That was amazing. It really was. <laughs> it's it was really stunning. Like, the whole thing. I never thought my Monday could great. be this good. No, there's no way. You don't deserve Mondays that good. No. Yeah. It feels like Friday. Yeah. I Are just, we off tomorrow that. now because of that? No. The next level is next. That's we'll right. see you. Yeah. That's it. Uh, you were finishing up. We had some more higher lowers. Yeah, or, we, uh, we winners, just had a losers. few other things. Yep. Go uh, ahead. 
Fact or fiction, Debo Samuel will be a 49er when training camp starts. Fact. Fact. Zagur's just trying to will it. Um, well, what are they going to trade for him now? Yeah, it know. feels like it, it had to be done or it wouldn't, or it's not going to be. What's, I'm just saying, what's going to be traded for him now? A.J. Brown or Hollywood Brown? Who has the better season this year? I want to ask you a question. I don't. I, First of all, A.J. Well, Brown is going to have the better statistical season this year. Yeah, I would think he probably would too. But, I I mean, I, I would rather run in the Kyler offense than – with Kyler than Jalen in, in Philly. A.J. Yeah. Brown and Devontae Smith is a pretty nice tandem that they've got now down there yeah. in uh, in Philly. But So uh, we were doing the show, Mo Pedman's cousin, super down on Hollywood Brown, like thinks he's trash. Coming off a 1,000-yard season and an offense that is not built to produce good numbers or to take advantage of a receiver like his talents. And now he's going to go to an offense that will. Now he's got DeAndre Hopkins. He's going to yeah. be sharing targets with, obviously, uh, they've got Rondale Moore. They've now got two really good tight ends because mm-hmm. they drafted uh, drafted one as well as Zach Ertz is back. But Kingsbury will screw it up. You ask, I, I, I can tell you just from talking to players on our team and coaches on our team, he was somebody that you had to account for because his speed is scary. So you're familiar with the F1 driver Lewis Hamilton? Okay, so if you, if, F1 if you took maybe Not. if you had uh, if you took Lewis Hamilton. Okay. And you put him in a 1972 AMC Pacer. Yeah. Do you think that you would see all that he's capable of? You know, and you know, in fact, he'd request a trade from that team so he could go to a, a team that Can I runs a Ferrari yeah. or a, in his that, case a Mercedes that runs Formula One. Can cars? we do that? Yeah. Maybe we ought to do that. And let me just let's see what I'm capable of here. I'm not saying that Hollywood Brown. Yes, he's been a little bit of a disappointment, but I don't know how you could judge. It's the same thing's going to happen to Justin Fields on a much worse level. Yep. Like they are going to wreck that kid in Chicago. They have no talent around him. None. Why? It's one of the worst rosters I've ever seen. Why? Offensively. I have so no idea. Mean. It's it's negligent. And that's kind of that's a worst case of what happened with Hollywood Brown in Baltimore. So I I don't think he's been some sort but, of sensation, but he's been plenty good considering the offense they run and the quarterbacks that and, and how about the fact that he and Lamar were actually very close? Now, Kyler Murray is one of his top four friends. That's what they've said, top four friends. Top so. four. You bring- they both said that. They said that he's one of my top four friends. Really? Yeah. So, if they have five, they could sell somebody else to get in there back in the day, the glorious yeah. days. Um, but I, do you think this factors into the Ravens' conversation at all and how they feel about Lamar? You have a receiver that was homegrown that you drafted said, I can't play here anymore. And he handled it like a pro. Shout out to Hollywood Brown. You never heard about this. Nothing. And he no, requested a trade nowhere. at the end of the season. He didn't yeah. make it public. Yeah. He just said, look. And to them. Right. Because they didn't get loud with it either. He said, look, this isn't the system for me. Like, I'm wasting away in the system. Mm-hmm. Which is valid. It's also the reason why they haven't been able to land any big free agent wide receivers. Yep. And so, does that become a complicating factor? And that's why I think, again, Philly, I keep throwing out there, makes a lot of sense because they've got Devontae Smith on a rookie deal now, and they've got A.J. Brown, so they're locked in for years. Now, do they become unhappy, though? Could could he possibly support two wide receivers? I don't know. But I think that's something that they is part of this evaluative process. Look, we can't get wide receivers to come play here. We can draft them, but we had a guy who, yeah. after three years, is already like, please get me out of here. Yeah, they're out. Yeah. it's a good point. Which Buckeye wide receiver is in a better posi- position to succeed this season? Wilson in New York or Olave in New Orleans? I think they're both do fine. Maybe Olave. Just yeah, I feel like we know Jameis can throw the ball. Yeah, we, we, I mean, I don't know any. I don't, we don't know about Wilson. Either, neither, or both are with their respective teams one year from now. 
Jalen Hurts to a Tagabiola? Neither. I feel like more likely Hurts. But I think I'm going to go neither. Agreed. I feel like it's, they're both in positions where they are going being set up to be replaced. Mm-hmm. Just a couple quick moves before we go to break. Uh, Honey Badger to the Saints. The Bears release Nick Foles. Steelers decline the fifth-year option on Devin Bush. So one of the things that was underreported part of the hmm. 2020 CBA is that fifth-year options became fully guaranteed. And so we saw the Raiders, by the way, not a great draft, decline the fifth-year options on all three of their first-round picks from that year. Oh, my God, really? Including Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, Cleland, Cleland Farrell, and, and Abraham. Clifton Abraham? Jonathan Abraham. Jonathan Abraham, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, and now Bush is not getting his fifth-year option pick. I think you're going to see a lot more of that around the league. Cause so all those guys are now free? No, it just means they will be free agents at after the end of this next year. year. Right, because okay, in the and there was actually some people saying that people in, are liking the early second round as a pick because if they want to keep somebody, they will make that decision after four years, and they don't have to have that fifth year option to deal with. There you go. I like that. Good job, Gibby. Yes, sir. Gambling without setting limits on how much you're going to wager or how long you'll play is like a football team going into a game without a game plan. It's probably going to end up a loss. Always set limits before you get bet. Get more tips like this at KeepItFunOhio.com. The now famous Perry and Winfrey interview from over the weekend coming up next. You'll see the Browns Daily on 850 ESPN. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Browns fan Sugardale is sponsoring grand opening events at two Myers stores. Visit the Canton store on Friday, May 6th. The Brunswick store on Friday, May 13th. Samples, giveaways, special appearances by Browns alumni and by Chomps. For store locations and more details, visit Sugardale.com slash events. And now this is from Saturday's draft show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here is Z and Gerard with Perry and Winfrey. Right now we are welcoming in a man who's got me fired up. I'm ready to go. Perry and Winfrey, the defensive tackle out of Oklahoma. But now, forget that. Perry and Winfrey, the dog, is with us here. Per- all right. Maybe he is that way. I get me all hyped up. And now it's we're going right. to go. It's all right. We're going to get him in a second. The we'll Browns- get the juice with no pulp. That's right. right? We don't need any pulp here. We're going to get fully concentrated in a second. What we're going to have right now, though, the Browns on the clock coming up here in just a second at pick number 118. I'll just reset the draft for you. The Browns, I know, interested in a safety. Up, oh, well, we got Perrion back. Perrion, all juice, no pulp, 100% concentrate. I was mentioning you were a sooner. Now, you said you were a dog. You were born a dog. You were meant to be here. That was the most electric post draft press conference I've ever heard. I've been with this organization for a decade. You've got me fired up, brother. Welcome to the Browns. And I can't wait for you to get here. That now, Perry and I love what you have to say. Been in your shoes. And I'm here to tell you, you keep that attitude, you keep that demeanor. And don't go out here having any peace trees on the practice field and doing what you're speaking on. It's going to be more than okay for you, my man. But I want to know, taking you back to the Senior Bowl, because that impressed me, the fact that you were the MVP. What did you learn from that experience to help prepare you for today? I learned that when I'm on my game, I am the best player in this draft class. I can't be messed with. I learned throughout that week that I'm a dog. And for the rest of my career, I'm going to let them know that I am a dog. And I, uh, all gas, no brakes. I'm not letting up the gas. That's what I learned at the Senior Bowl, to stay on their neck 
And you certainly did that and got the accolades to prove it. I love what you said earlier. Somebody asked, you know, why you said, I thought I was going to go earlier, but you know what? I'm glad this happened now because it doesn't sound like you needed much to, of a spark to light your fire, to light your fuse. But you said, this lights an even bigger fuse under you to prove everybody wrong, prove yourself right, and to prove the Cleveland Browns right for saying, you know what, Perry and Winfrey, that's our guy. We need him in our program. Most definitely. We're going to go win the Super Bowl. People always say that, but they don't put in the work needed to go get one. We got a quarterback, we got an O-line, and we got a defense. We finna go get one. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. (laughs) Believe me, we can't wait to watch you go get one and talk about you go and get one. But here's the thing also I want to know, Perry, that your approach to the game, obviously it's about being aggressive. Obviously it's about bringing the energy. What? else you feel that you're going to bring to this roster is going to help us be able to be in a position to get that Super Bowl? Can you ask that question one more time, sir? What are you going to bring to the table, my man, to help us in this pursuit of the Super Bowl? A dog mentality. Day in and day out, I'm going to be pushing my teammates to be the best version of themselves every single day. Day in and day out, not only do I want my teammates to hold me accountable, but I will be holding every one of my teammates accountable because we all have the same common goal. And in order to reach that goal, we got to put in work, and that's what we're going to do. By the way, real quick, Perry, and got to interrupt you. The Browns have made a trade. They have traded their pick that was on the clock, pick number 118 to Minnesota for a fifth rounder in this draft, pick number 156, and a 2023 fourth round pick as well. All right, Perry, back to you. You mentioned you and Greg Newsom have been friends for a long time. I can tell you, Greg, we love him here. He definitely doesn't have the outspoken energy that you have, but I know he puts in the work, and he has been an absolute stud so far here. He's embraced Cleveland. Cleveland has embraced him. I can tell you for a fact, Cleveland will embrace you with the mentality that you have put on display already here today. But talk about that relationship, and has he reached out to you already? You guys already getting fired up about getting to play together. You already know. You already know he reached out. He told me last night that it was most likely I was going to be a dog. And I told him, well, it's that time. That's, that's been my boy for a while, since high school. We've been going at it since high school. And now we get the chance to be on the same squad? Oh, it's over with. It's over with. <laughs> I love I love this mentality about you. You said a dog, and that's what you said. Your parents were dogs. You were born a dog. Did you know, like, we're going into this draft, did you feel like it was pretty likely that you were going to end up a Cleveland Brown? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't think going into this draft I was going to end up a Cleveland Brown, to be honest with you, sir. I didn't talk to the Cleveland Browns for real. I never really got on the Zoom with the Cleveland Browns, but the Browns picked me up. And for, for that, I will forever be grateful. And, Perrin, you had mentioned about your family and what you have gone through and the struggles and coming from nothing and building up to something. Talk more on that, my man, and how you're going to represent that and what that means to you. Right, I come from nothing, so I'm not one of those guys that's going to come in satisfied. Every single day I'm going in and giving it my all because there was times where I didn't have the opportunity to be able to do the things I am now. So I would never take my opportunity for granted. Day in and day out, I will be the last one leaving the facility. I'm giving my all every single day. Even on days when I don't feel like giving it my all, I will give my all for the person who couldn't give it their all. I love that, and you're going to put in the work. And let me tell you something. You walk around this building, you talk to your head coach, Kevin Stefanski, you're going to talk to your defensive line coach, Chris Kipping, you're going to talk to your defensive coordinator, Joe Woods. The word you're going to see around this building more than any other where you're going to be operating in the player area 
is the word work. And you came right out and said it. You are all about that work. You're going to get the opportunity to put that in. And you have an opportunity on this football team to make an immediate impact right there. You're going to get every opportunity to compete. That's how they do it here. And the best players will be on the field. And I know you believe in your heart. That will be you. What will it mean to be able to come in and make an impact for a team, as you talked about, with big aspirations, go to a Super Bowl, be on a defensive line with number 95, Miles Garrett? It will mean the world to me to be able to play against with Miles Garrett. We're going to dominate offensive lines. We're going to make our offensive lines fear before the game, watching the field like, damn, I got to go against them next week. You so do. It's going to be a movie every week with me and my brothers on that defense. The dog pound is back. I'm telling you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, believe me, my man, you got us fired up over here and – with that in mind, we understand you got to work hard. You got to pay the price. You got to do all those things necessary to get the job done. And you're speaking on it. You're verbally committing to it. And when you do get here, finally to Cleveland, have you just thought about it? You have actually in a spot where you're achieving your childhood dream. Have you had a moment? Because I know you're fired up. You just woke up. I heard you say it. But what does it feel like to know that you're finally going to be in a spot to do what you've imagined doing since childhood? Right. It's a blessing. I give all the praise to the Lord. Without the Lord, none of this would be possible. I give anything and everything to the Lord. I'm just grateful to be in this position, and I'm grateful to just be a dog. And it's time to go to work. I haven't really got a chance to sit down and reflect. My phone been buzzing ever since. But once I sit down, I won't sit down again because it's time to work. <laughs> you're going to get on that plane. You're going to roll right in here into Berea. And I know you are going to get to work. There's no doubt about that. But one thing I am also, I've heard is that you're a big fan of Hollywood, of the Halloween movies, Michael Myers, horror movies. And it sounds like you're going to be a horror movie for offensive linemen here in the AFC North and around the league. It's one of those. I'm telling you, it's about to be a movie. It's about to be a movie in Cleveland. I'm feeling like LeBron James in the fourth quarter. Let's get to work. <laughs> Yes, well, Perrion, first of all, and this is the most important thing, a dream came true for you today, and I could not be happier for you. I can't wait to meet you in person. I can't wait to see you get here on this field. So thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations on being drafted in the NFL, and most importantly, congratulations on becoming a dog Dog, for the Cleveland Browns. You already know. Appreciate you for having me. Let's go. That's unreal. It's unbelievable, the guy. He's he's It's unreal. Let's go. I'm your, fired up. Your skills as an orator and uh, panache for the dramatic that can come with promos and with him, that's all I want. I want that to happen at some point within the next month. I'm sure we will do that's something. That's all I want. I want it. I feel like it's it's a it has to happen. Uh, be sure to catch the Browns Draft Review Show presented by Bud Light, 7 to 8 o'clock tonight. University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Kevin Stefanski will join, as will the voice of the Browns, Jim Donovan. Ken and Z will wrap it all up tonight. I mean, you got the pair, you got the Hoff on the drawers. What a show. <laughs> I mean, we at one forty five. I was thinking, man, we crushed this show. I was thinking that the too. second hour. <laughs> Hold my beer. Hold, please. The next level is next. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cleveland Browns Daily 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN 850 WKNR.